0: All
1: right. Well, good morning. Good morning, Christ. Chapel. Let's stand up. Y'all ready to worship? Yeah, we've been preparing. We are ready to worship with you. Y'all ready? All right. Here we go.
2: Amen, I'm telling you guys, that song brings back some memories. Let me tell you something. Can I share a little story with you? I'm a storyteller. I'm sorry. The earliest memory I can remember is me drawing a picture. and I remember drawing this picture as detailed as I could. Of course, I don't know my age it could be four, five, six. but I drew this picture, and it was a picture of a little car and it was wrecking and an airplane looked like it was kind of going out of the sky and then right by the sun is this big cloud and in that cloud are angels and they're all singing and then I had this bright light like another sun that was Jesus and I remember my mom, she probably don't even remember this because so, I was so little but she said, what is going on? You wrecked a car? You know?" and I'm like, oh it don't matter because I'm not there and then she goes, well what is this? and I was like it's when jesus comes back and this is me leaving right here and there was me little guys like leaving everything i still remember that i was little well you know what i still believe it here i am 45 years old and i believe the exact same thing i believed when i was five i love jesus and he loves me and he died for my sins so i get to be with him in heaven amen Amen. So thank you so much, worship team, for bringing back that wonderful memory. I I don't know, I feel rejuvenated now. I don't know. Is anybody else with me? Amen. All right, so if you would, let's close our eyes, bow our heads. We're going to pray and just transition here for a moment. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for coming and dying for my sins, Lord. And thank you for the promise that you have for us that you're going to come back twinkling of an eye. God, we love you. We praise you. And right now, Lord God, I just want to worship you. Thank you for being the King of kings and Lord of lords. Right now, Lord God, enter into this place like you promised. Mend hearts, mend souls. Lord God, rejuvenate like you've done me this morning already. Be Jesus. Be God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love you.
1: is within me. Bless His holy name.
3: all our services. It's your presence that gives us confidence. It's your presence that gives us contentment. It's your presence, Lord. Gives us life. Would you just bow your heads with me this morning? Holy Spirit, I just ask that you blow all through this building and through the windows of our soul. Give us a new mind after Christ the Lord. Blow out the staleness, O oh Lord, the apathy, the indecision. Convict us, Lord, in the deepest places of who we are that we would forsake all immorality, all greed, and covetousness, and unforgiveness, all those things that we would allow no room for anything that would separate us from you. Your presence, Lord. Lord, I know that I speak for many people here, regardless of what the practice of other houses of worship, whatever their practice is, Lord, regardless. We're not looking for an experience. We're looking for a person. We're looking for you, Lord. Thank you for being so faithful. in the room that are believers over the age of 50 slip your hand. we got an old church. When I started out, we was all young. 30 years later, yeah. Well, you started with me when I was 20, now I'm 50. Those of you that have been walking with the Lord 30 years, 40 years, keep your hand up. Hold it up. I want you to look your pastor in the eye today. Keep your hand up. Those are your 40, 40. I ain't going to say 50 because then we'll start meddling. Yet. Mama, how many years you walked with him? 76, 76 years. Okay. Listen. He made you a promise. And He said, I'll never leave you. The years have come and gone. People have come and gone. Styles and, and countries and society—everything's changed. Did he ever break his promise? Has he ever broke his promise? Still with us. Still with us. Still near us. Still for us. I think the closer I get to heaven, the more confident I am that if he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us freely want to give us all the other things we need keeping his word to you do you think you really will be the first person God ever lied to well I was running good till I got a hold of Jeremiah and then I let him down you know so I got one blight still with me still with you how precious is that this morning Father, we just conclude this part of our service. We want you to know that all worship, everything we do, everything about Christ chapel, it starts with you. It is sustained by you, and it culminates in you. You're it for us, O Lord. You're the author and finish of our faith, and we just honor you. We pray that you... We're blessed by today. Don't let one person leave today talking about if they like the service or not. Let it be that God in heaven enjoyed today's worship service. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Y'all do the air high fives and the air hugs since we still got issues going on. So, you know.
4: good good morning guys my name is Kelly Wood and on behalf of um, our staff and my husband John I want to welcome you guys this morning Um, we are so very glad that we get to worship with you today if you're a first-time visitor I hope that you're greeted warmly as you walked in the door I know that our greeting team has been working together all week and praying for you and praying for themselves that they would just be what you need when when you walk in the door today so I hope that um, that um, they put some information about our church in your hands if you are a first-time visitor with us and we happen to miss you please do me a huge favor and just make sure that as you leave the church in the foyer that you stop by our greeting table we just have a gift that we want to put in your hands Um, we would love um, to interact with you if if we can send one of our elders um, to your house or um, visit with you we would love to do that we just really want to serve you in the best way that we can and the way that you need so let us know how we can do that for you, and we would just love to to be able to be of service. Um, we have got a couple of things going on that they're going to talk about in the announcement video today. But one thing I just wanted to remind you guys of—I'm sure they'll say it again in the video—but um, we do have, if you signed up for our luncheon directly after service, I so just wanted to remind you of that today. The luncheon, the meet the staff luncheon—we've been announcing it for a couple of weeks and had it on our app. So we did need you to sign up for that. So if you have, don't forget, uh, join us in the grill. We've got food for you and your babies, and then we'll have child care afterwards. And it will be very quick, but we just wanted to have the opportunity to meet you if you're new to our church. So guys, if you'll go ahead and play the announcement video, and then we will um, have our time of tithe and offering.
1: Good morning Christ Chapel. Our STARS impact class is doing a service project for Convoy of Hope where they are picking up and collecting hygiene items that can be sent here across the United States and abroad. You'll see some boxes located. We'd just love to ask you to participate and help us through the month of October. Pick up toothbrushes, combs, things that are on this list. You can pick up one of these items at the information table and drop those items in the boxes every Sunday at 9 a.m. is Sunday School. In addition, at 9 a.m. we have prayer that happens right here in the sanctuary. And tonight at 6 p.m. we have Contending for the Faith. We have already kicked off our Wednesday night discipleship classes, but it's not too late to join at 6.30 p.m. Get more information about all of those on the app. If you signed up and registered for our Connection Point lunch, it is directly after service in the grill upstairs so head on up right after church we love our pastor and coming up on sunday october 17th we get the opportunity to celebrate and bless him and his family so we will do a special offering but i encourage you to to write some handwritten notes over the next couple of weeks have those ready to give to him and help us bless pastor john and his family we always want for you to stay connected You can download the CC app, get all the information and more there. You can also check us out online at ChristChapelMacon.com or on Facebook and Instagram at ChristChapelMacon. Have an awesome day today.
4: All right, guys, we're going to continuing our worshiping of the Lord by giving our tithes and offerings. So while they play the music, take a chance to pray with your family before you give. And we've got our baskets right up here, and then Pastor John will come and pray.
5: in myself. to be.
3: have your Bible, stand with me this morning Um, out of respect for the Word of God. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. I'll be reading from a very familiar portion. Uh, Many identify as the Lord's Prayer, but there's something specifically I want to pull from that uh, for this morning. Matthew 6 verse 9 you turn me down just a touch josh if you will after this manner therefore pray ye this is jesus when the disciples asked him to teach us to pray our father which art in heaven and let me just say this even though it's a side note from the message when the disciples watching jesus go out into the mountains to pray and watching his prayer life and the simplicity of it and the power of it they said teach us to pray he said always relationship our father Always relationship. The union we have. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And here's the verse. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom. Thy kingdom. An invisible, heavenly kingdom. Eternal rule. Let it come to the earth, the earth globally, the earth geographically, the earth made from dust. Personally, your kingdom come. Remain standing for just a moment. Jesus described the kingdom in terms that one can't point to and identify specifically. But in every every story, the kingdom was a, the essential piece. The kingdom of God, it's already mixed in and present. And the teachings on the kingdom of heaven are not primarily about heaven as a place, but the rule of heaven, the way God operates, the sovereign rule of God. And even though He is not ruling in our mind fully, it was inaugurated when Christ came to the earth and He said, The kingdom is nigh to you, it's nigh, it's it's here, it's visible. And it will be consummated at His second coming. The kingdom is like a tiny mustard seed that sprouts into a giant bush. And after it's grown, the birds nest in the branches. It's not coming in ways that you observe, Jesus says. No one will say, look, there's the kingdom. Or it's over there. The kingdom of God is already among you and in some of us, in you. Even though the fullness of the kingdom is not yet realized, it's already begun... And we're a vital part of that realization. It's everywhere and it's now. The kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, is everywhere that God reigns supreme and Christ is king. Remember this phrase. God's people in God's place under God's authority for God's glory. I want to speak to you about a very broad subject that could take weeks and weeks. And we're going to try to fit it into 30 minutes. But I want to talk to you about the kingdom of God so that you will have an awareness that Christianity is not adding God to your kingdom. It's about you being added and allowed access into His. Father, I just humble myself before you. You know me, an unprofitable servant at best, and that's the truth. But you've called me and equipped me with your spirit, and I pray that you would anoint me this morning, Lord, that I might fulfill that responsibility, and that people might see wondrous things out of your book. May they see you more clearly, see themselves more clearly, their responsibilities and their opportunities, and may our lives yield a greater increase, Lord, than ever before. The entrance of your word gives light and life, and let that happen today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. We all know that before there was anything, there was God. He has no beginning. And in essence, in reality, He rules everywhere. But it looks like in our world, He's not ruling. And see, that's where we get confused. There can be a kingdom set up where God allows for His purposes... Rebellion, uh, other groups. Jesus even told Pilate, he said, you wouldn't have any authority if it weren't given to you of God. And you need to understand that God doesn't have to have his foot on the throat of every enemy to still be ruling and reigning. This kingdom is a divine kingdom. And by that I mean eternal, holy, pure. It is a sovereign governed kingdom. I told you it was inaugurated at his first coming consummated at his second coming when jesus came the phrase he goes the kingdom of god is coming to you if i'm casting devils out by the spirit of god the kingdom of god is coming unto you i'm introducing to you not just the god of the old testament but pockets portions of what his rule looks like in the earth soon to culminate in the millennial kingdom and just throw this out there for free. I believe that we're in the terminal generation before the return of Jesus Christ. Isn't it funny that we're calling this generation, the one we just finished, the millennial, the millennials, and Christ's coming will usher in the millennial kingdom where he will rule with a rod of iron and all that brings offense and all things that are ungodly and unholy will be pushed out and, and governed over. But when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom of God is coming to you. The kingdom of God is coming to you. He told us what it's like. He said, it's like a man who finds a pearl and sells all that he has to buy the field. Uh, And he started giving all these examples about the mustard seed growing up. It's tiny and it's like leaven hidden in in the meal. And it was just like drinking out of a fire hydrant. You know, just the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. Yet disciples are being fed to the lions. People are being sawn a half. Cut in half. And, you know, they see Rome's power being exercised over the nation of Israel. God's chosen people were, are, and shall be. Don't ever get confused about that. The national people, and they said, Lord, are, are you going to restore unto us the kingdom? And he said, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. When I, by, by restore, they're talking about making Israel a praise in the earth, a free people, which God has placed his name there. And it will always be there. And when he comes back, he will set a heavenly city down in Jerusalem. He's going to rule and reign from there. He says, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. But you're going to receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you're going to be witnesses in Judea and Jerusalem and the uttermost parts of the earth. You're you're concerned about when the kingdom of God is going to be visible governmentally. But Jesus said the kingdom of God is near you. It's now you. It's right here. And it shall be in you. Anywhere that God rules and reigns. And the expression of that is the kingdom of God. So instead of trying to fit it into all of the um, end time things today, which is very important, I want you to think about your life, your address, 95 Vintage Way, where you work, you could say categorically correctly that the kingdom of God has come nigh to you people. Because Christ sits on the throne of my life and he rules. He super rules, and all power and authority is his. His kingdom, which originated in eternity past, long before there was an earth, is an ever-expanding kingdom. It's not just established, but it's ever-expanding. And of his kingdom, they were speaking of Jesus, the Christ child, there should be what? No end. Ever-expanding. It's kind of a hidden kingdom, though. In the same way God's absolute victory is presently veiled. You ever just think that God just flex and show them who's boss, you know? Send fire out of heaven. You know, Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. But God, if you're enthroned and you part the sea and you send fire from heaven, Lord, flex. He said, I am through you. We like grandiose and fireworks and the stage exploding and smoke bombs and all of this, the kingdom. But when they see you transplanted, From the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Once a darkened heart, now people of light. Once self-centered, now God-centered. The kingdom message is presented to others. Me being under the authority of someone invisible proves their existence. Did you catch that? Me living out subjectivity. Being subject to God, who is invisible, brings credibility to his existence. But it seems hidden to us in the same way it's hidden in the weakness of neighborly love, in the foolishness of mercy. The kingdom is hidden in the vulnerability of compassion. It's hidden in the joy of generosity, in the beauty of forgiveness, and in the satisfaction of having confidence in the reality of God and the coming of His kingdom in its fullness. It is an irresistible, unconquerable kingdom. It is glorious and eternal, soon to be millennial. Only accessible by God's invitation. You can't just be a part of it. You can't come to Christ unless the Father draws you. It has to be through an invitation. The invitation is given in the word, but the the Spirit woos us. Whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life freely. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. We can't just approach him out of of need. It has to be in faith and who he is and what he's done for us. It's only accessible through God's door. Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the door and any other person that they enter in by is a hireling. It's a, it's a false door. You can't just come to God through any church or any religion. There is one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The kingdom, you have to be invited. You can't just show up at people's house. Hey, we're here at 7 o'clock. What's for supper? You weren't invited to the wood kingdom. We, we don't have enough going on for you right now. We got just enough for daddy to eat and, and, and mama. It's only accessible by the grace of the king. The kingdom is only accessible by the grace of the king and the faith of the outsider. It is made possible by new birth and verified by new life. Jesus said in John 3 Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Which means you must be born of water, the water, the sack from your mom, you're born from there, and of the spirit. You cannot see the kingdom through intellectual eyes. You might see an act of generosity, but you can't see the kingdom. A man has to be born again, recreated. I am not saved by my coming to a church, attending a church, or nodding in agreement at what the person says. Something must happen supernaturally that I cannot do for myself. I must be recreated by God's Spirit so that I can see the kingdom of God I see it in little children and you can get mad you can fall out you can leave there are plenty of churches listen I I, I don't care what side you pick or, or what political stance you have trust me I couldn't care less but there's no way a Christian whose eyes are open can vote for the murder of 40 60 million babies. You 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 can't. You you can't. You you can't. We can't support racism. You you can't. You can't. it's it's hard before long we can't vote for nobody. You understand that? But you 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 you, 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 you can't when your eyes are open you, you can't harm a child. You can't, you, you can't live carnally. You can't just be shacked up. You can't go to your girlfriend who's marrying another girl and go to their wedding and go, well, praise the Lord. You can't because you see what others don't see. You know what others don't know. You hear what other people don't hear. That's why you do what other people don't do. I've been born again. I'm part of the kingdom, and that's not how God rules some of y'all didn't have the opportunity to grow up in a house where there was a king and a queen. These kids talk back. I watch them in Kroger, Sass and their mom like, ooh. I was hit so hard one time for talking back, I woke up and my pants were out of style. I had to, I had to change, change britches. I can tell who's part of the kingdom by how they live, like it or don't like it. Not what they say they believe. Right. I see what you don't see. Remember that donkey uh, that was uh, saw the angel with the, the fiery sword? Who, who, who was riding the donkey? Who was it? Balaam. Balaam's donkey. So Balaam got to see, and there's this angel I just hope there's a video store in heaven. There's just some of these that just, just a flaming sword. And an angel could kill a couple hundred thousand men in an hour or two, just, just however long it takes to kill them, you know. Just. And the donkey was, mm-mm. And he goes, what's wrong with you, you stupid mule. He Kicks him, he goes, mm-mm, catfish, I ain't moving. I mean, he's pulling. And then he turned, the Lord let him speak. He says, what is your problem? Haven't I been a good donkey to you? <laughs> What? All these years I've served you faithfully. Don't you think if I could go, I would go? Do you not? Okay. Now listen, I said that because, you know, humor gets y'all laugh, and then I just slide in with the, with, the, with the child. How is it that if I'm nothing but a donkey, how is it that I can see what you who profess Jesus can't see? How can I see? How can I see the delineation between Christ's profession and Christ's possession? Because I've been born again, I'm in this kingdom. I have a familiarity. When you, when you go, anybody went to a third world country before, and you culture shock, you go, "What what meaneth this?" That's just the way. That, I remember when I went to Nairobi, Kenya, and then to Eldama Ravine, Kenya. I was amazed at travel. They have a, a bus like a little Volkswagen. Oh, shoot. I don't know how old it'd be in the 70s. And there'd be 35 people in that thing. I'm not kidding. Hanging on the top, hanging out the window, you know, and squishing people. And, and there's, there's no lines in the street. No, ain't no lines. 50 and 60 miles an hour. And when you, th- you think I'm kidding, potholes as big as that subwoofer. I was like, Jesus, take the wheel. I thought, I didn't know <laughs> if we going to get home, not get home. And just, it's, it's otherworldly. And when I talked to him, I said, y'all, y'all don't have lions in the road. But, what? Lions. It's to- totally different. Driving down, and I go, there's a lion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I was from a different you are. Your citizenship is in heaven. From whence also you look for the Lord Jesus Christ, who will change your vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Why do you keep apologizing for sight and or acting as if you were blind to get along with people? That angel with the sword is standing there for a reason. And I'll I'll get to that in just a moment. You must be born again. You must be born again. Well, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So does the devil. You must be born again. You must be born again. Why do you always preach that you must be born again? Because you must be born again. And you can't do it. Your soul hears a message and the preacher preaches that you're lost and undone and you're without Christ in this present world, without hope, you're dead in your trespasses and sin and you're judged already and the judge is at the door. And your soul says, then what can I do? Nothing. So your soul cries out to God for mercy, for our failures and our sins. And then God, in His mercy, by that act of faith towards Him, He does for us what we could not do for ourselves. And he recreates us and brings us into his kingdom. What part did you play in your first birth? Your mom, your daddy winked at your mom. And she was like, please, please. (laughs) What part did you play? Well, none really. Salvation is not by the will of man. It's the will of God. You must be born again. Well, what if I'm not born again? Then call out to the Lord and ask for him to save you. And redeem you and forgive you. It's a divine kingdom. It's not an earthly kingdom. It will express itself in the earth. But it existed before the earth. So how could it be an earthly kingdom? You see? It's a divine kingdom. Very quickly. Number two. There's only three, by the way. It's a powerful kingdom. For the kingdom of God is not in word, 1 Corinthians 4 says, but in power. Powerful everywhere it is expressed and perceived. Powerful in those who reside in it. Powerful to the residents. Residents, us, the subjects of the kingdom. The power is to be seen in us. Not in what we say, but in how we're rewired, changed, mellowed. We become selfless. We start to on the limbs of our life, without effort, grow fruit like love and joy and peace and patience and gentleness and kindness and meekness and self-control. Religion says, do these things. Sanity says, well, if I could have done them, I'd have done them a while ago. You ever tried to be patient? I'm going to be more patient if it kills me. If it it kills me up in here, I'm going to be more patient. Well, the problem is it does. And you like, a, can you imagine an apple tree out in the field? I'm gonna grow me some apples today. How's it looking on the limbs? Nothing happening. Or an apple tree trying to grow pears. But if I'm connected to Christ and I'm in the kingdom, those things happen in my life automatically. I mentioned racism a minute ago, but let me talk to you about your prejudices, all kinds of prejudices. When your eyes start to open, you go, Oh, I despise one man. And I prefer women. Or I prefer the wealthy to the poor. Or once you see those things and the sap of Christ flows through you. And that sap has a theme, a DNA of God is no respecter of persons. So if I, being part of this kingdom, and I see what God sees and I think what God thinks, I ought to be acting like God would act in the world. Is this okay today? Just a practical message? Okay. Okay. It's powerful. The kingdom of God is powerful in us. Transforming us, nurturing us, empowering us, equipping us, utilizing us, maturing us, promoting us, healing us, restoring us, satisfying and preserving us. Powerful. Your Christianity, your faith should never be anemic. You are supposed to be being changed from glory to glory. From glory to glory. We are so focused on external gifts so that we can get the applause of men. Celebrities, Christian celebrities. Got a business card and a flyer and I'm a miracle, a miracle evangelist. And all of these things, the kingdom of God is quieter than that. And when they tried to make Jesus king in the earth, he would pull away from me. He said, not yet. When I come back, I'm coming back the king of kings and the Lord of lords, but not yet. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to hide the leaven. I'm going to hide like leaven hid in bread that makes it rise. I'm going to hide an ingredient in the earth. I'm going to hide the church. And you're going to see my power as I change men and women. I change them before your very eyes. I'm going to give evidence to the king in the earth. In your earth, thy kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Powerful in the future. And unchangeable in its standards. Let me tell you where the power is. Excuse me, Pastor Al preached a couple weeks ago. I was, but I'm not. Let me read this verse to you. 1 Corinthians 6. Don't you know that the unrighteous Shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Shall not. You know what part of "shall not" don't we understand is the church? Well, what the Lord really meant "shall not" is what He meant. The unrighteous. Those. Now it doesn't say those who have ever sinned. It's those that practice sin. They. 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 they um, live unrighteously. But profess themselves to be righteous. They carry the truth in unrighteousness. Don't you know that these will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, which is homosexuality, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. None of them, none of them shall. Well, I I know Jesus and I are good because I have quiet time with Him. You shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It is not the specific sin that disqualifies you. It's the evidence that you're not in the kingdom. The sin is the evidence. The rebellion, the willingness to rewrite God's scripture, the the rebellion and the saying that God is... For this perversion that's taking place we don't even know what gender we don't even know which bathroom to use anymore you know do you, do you realize i can just rewrite god's plan his will his ways and those individual things are not the disqualifier they're the evidence that they don't reside in the kingdom because if you reside in the kingdom you'd see you'd see i'm grateful for my eyes and I want to say something. I don't know who it's for this morning. It's not in my notes. Maybe there's someone here that God just keeps convicting you and convicting you and won't let you go. Don't you ever ask Him to let, you, to, to ask him to let the Holy Spirit let you go. Don't you ever. Lord, don't ever take your Holy Spirit from me. The conviction of your Spirit. I don't want my senses dulled by my foolishness and the opinions of the multitudes. We are not people of the crowd. We are people of the Christ. Amen. People of the Christ. And such were some of you, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. That change, that change, even when my flesh wants it, I have the clarity, the unction and the desire to do without it. I, I wish they'd have told me this when I first got saved. I thought when you got saved, when he said, I make all things new, that now you're just, you, you, your flesh is gone. There's just no, you know, I learned quickly, you know, all these Christians were testifying, got the victory over everything. And I'm like, something must be wrong with me because I'm still feeling stuff. I'm still longing for stuff. I'd walk in a restaurant and i hear it. I go, that was a gooseneck. I I knew my flesh would go, wouldn't you like one, you know. Well, if you're a Christian, you shouldn't feel that. No, no, no. When I came into the kingdom of God, I did not lose my earthly experiences. I did not lose the earthly temptations. But I had the power and the clarity. I wasn't delivered from the pull of sin. I was delivered from the power of sin and I can say no thank you I've told you this before but I remember like yesterday the first time I had iced tea with oysters I just started laughing out loud I just I'd always drank cold beer forever just with oysters and the first time I dim a little oyster and put stuff on it I ate it and drank tea <laughs> and the lady was well that's just not supposed to taste like that it's different that's di-. it wasn't as good Oh, Pastor John, you're glorifying sin. No, I'm not. It's been since 1986 since I've had a cold beer. Pastor John, do you ever want one? Yep. Yep. But I used to live in that kingdom. And although I can see it and smell it and desire it, I know that all that's in that kingdom is perishing. Perishing. And all that's in this kingdom is eternal. So to follow after him, I deny myself. How could you deny something you don't want? It's like some of y'all skinny people. I'm just going to talk about you just a minute. I just just don't even want that donut. Well, you don't understand the struggle. If you don't want it, and then you say, I just gave it up for the Lord. You didn't even want it. give up a bucket of chicken, you know, I'm, I'm doing something for the Lord here. <laughs> so stop cursing your wooings, your wantings, and understand that you have a perfect opportunity to bring glory to the kingdom because although I want, I'm choosing to live over here with and for God. And finally, I'm going to veer off just a little bit. It's a a personal kingdom. It's an imparted kingdom, a personal kingdom. Luke 17 says uh, that the kingdom of God is within you. Colossians 1, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Write that down, Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Which means the kingdom of God is not something that you put inside of you. It's something that God puts inside of you. you. You can't do it. And three indicators. He could have said, he could have listed any of the fruit of the Spirit. He said, no, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And very quickly, I want to go over these for you. These are the, the, the evidences that you should guard and guard your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. Make sure that you have Christ righteousness. That you're in right standing with God. Make sure that you have peace with God and the peace of God. Peace with God and the peace of God. So, righteousness. God and I are good because I do not stand in my own righteousness. I bring nothing to the table nothing zero i am accepted by god because i stand naked with nothing to offer and christ's righteousness has been imparted to me so god and i are square there's righteousness peace peace with god having now peace with god uh, being reconciled to god through the death of his son peace through the cross i have peace with god he and i are good And I have the peace of God ruling in my heart and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness means innocent, holy, justified, in right standing with God. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. For he made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. There's probably two or three verses in the Bible. That are very hard to grasp. Much less preach. But this righteousness that we stand in today. According to that. Is as righteous as God is. No. I live with me. I've lived with me a long time. How how can you. Say that I'm as innocent, pure as you. Because I've imputed who I am to you, John. Son. Kingdom son. That with girls, that'd make you a princess. That'd make us princes and kings and priests unto God. John, you're my son. This righteousness doesn't fluctuate. My enjoyment of it and my access to it fluctuates with my, my choices and rebellion. And I can't walk in the, the delight of the Lord if I regard iniquity in my heart. But make sure when you're standing before the Lord, here's a good, here's a good barometer for you make sure you don't pray better because you had a good day I got access to you today Father for one reason Jesus Christ through his torn body opened up a new and living way which he consecrated through the veil that is to say his flesh and now we have boldness to enter in by this torn body of Jesus and God leans in and says what can I do for you we got access peace Means at rest, secure. Therefore, being justified by faith, Romans 5, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace where we stand, and we now rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Brooke, if you would come, please. Just you, that'll be fine for a day. Peace with God. I don't know if I talk about that enough. I'm good. I'm good with him. Jesus is good. We're good. There's an impartation, uh, not a false peace that the devil gives. And you know you have false peace when you're always trying to convince somebody of your peace. But peace with God through the death of his son. Lord, if it satisfied you, I'm satisfied. And how is it that some of us can have peace with God and not have the peace of God. Because you start living over here again. And you see this world more clearly than you see the next one. You see the world's evil more clearly than you see God's righteousness. I have peace because I know whose I am and who I am. Where are the papas today? Why don't you just raise your hand at me. Just, I want to ask you point blank. If your baby come up to you, imagine you're a little boy or a little girl, five, six years old, and they're crying in the room, sniffling. Saying, What's wrong, buddy? And just afraid that we're not going to have food in our house. And you get on their level and you go, what? It's just, you're not going to take care of us, daddy. You're not, you're not going to take care of us. You go, if I'm breathing, if I'm breathing, I will give my life blood for you. You you ain't gonna do without nothing. And I I want say don't don't you ever live without peace, knowing that I'm gonna take care of you. And I'm flawed. And I'm selfish. I wonder if God's in heaven saying, what well, what are you worried about? What what's the problem? I'm just afraid you ain't gonna. Do what you said you're going to do. I'm afraid you're not going to take care of me or my babies. And he I don't want you to live a day like that. You know what the kingdom of God is? When your eyes see, you're at peace with God and you're at peace with this world. You're at peace with yourself. You're not worried. Anxious for not, nothing. Nothing. Not Didn't say we're not troubled. Just not anxious. I'm good. I'm standing right. And I'm feeling right. And finally, joy in the Holy Ghost. Well, let me just say this real quick. I'm sorry. The peace of God was announced at Jesus' birth. Suddenly there appeared in the heavens an angelic host that says, Glory to God on the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. It confirmed the teaching of His word. These things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. It was His departing gift when He left the earth. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. It was his resurrection greeting. He suddenly appeared in the midst of his disciples and he said, peace. And it's the signature of his presence. He's the prince of peace. How sad would it be to have all this knowledge and no experience? The kingdom of God is within you. You ought to be in right standing with God and have peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. If not, your branches come disconnected from the vine. You need to graft that back in. And finally, joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. I know we went old school this morning a little bit. A couple of our hymns and all those white-headed people were like, I remember that. I likes that. That's good. That's good. Why are we not joyful anymore? I'm aware of it when we are. because we're trying to find our pleasures in a world that's dying joy in the Holy Spirit in His presence there is fullness of joy it's different from happiness happiness is based on how I view my life joy is found in how I view God The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Lord is its author. He's the author of your joy. He's the subject of your joy. He's the supply of your joy. He's the transport of your joy. And soon He'll be the culmination of your joy. Stand with me this morning if you will. Everywhere you live for God. Everywhere you speak of God. Everywhere you stand for God. And everywhere you worship God. That's the kingdom. Everywhere you love and love others and consider them more important than yourself, that's the kingdom. Everywhere you serve joyfully, forgive freely, and and give generously, that's the kingdom of God. It is found in what you think about, what you say, what you do, and how you feel. You carry the kingdom of God with you. you, This is important. If you don't get this, it's just going to be a discourse, a teaching. You carry it with you. And God's kingdom is either expanding or shrinking because of you. Now His sovereign rule's not shrinking. But where you work, His presence, presence, his power, his invitations, his glory, his joy, his peace ought to be pulsing in that place. and others, when they feel that current go over their feet, they go, I I feel something when I'm around you. Could we say reverently that the kingdom of God has come nigh to them? Because Christ is in you. If Christ is in you, shouldn't they sense him? This kingdom, its reality, its freedoms, its power, its joys is made available to others as those who are ambassadors of God, swing wide the gates of this kingdom by sharing His word and His life with Him. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And that kingdom is within you. Pastor Wade, would you come and pray over us this morning?
6: In all circumstances, in all things. That peace that you've asked us to carry with us into the workplace, into the home, into our goings and our comings, into the, the businesses and the markets. God, let us carry your peace this week. And your joy. <laughs> you've left us with your joy. You fill us with your joy. You let it exude from us. You let it. It brims over. It's uncontainable. God, this week, can we go in your joy? Can we be children who are filled with the joy of the Father, the joy of living in the Father's house, the joy of being under the Father's rule, the joy of this kingdom? So my prayer for us today as we leave, Lord, that we would walk in your peace, that we would be filled with your joy. and Let us go forth. Carry your kingdom with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. Invite you back. If you um, are new here, we are having our connection lunch upstairs in the grill. You're invited. Um, Hopefully you've had a personal invitation to that already. And tonight at six o'clock in the grill for the Contending for the Faith.